welcome to my podcast, The 60-Year-Old Student. Three years ago, I had a major upheaval in life. The rug was pulled out from under my feet and everything collapsed like a pack of cards. I lost practically everything and ended up on the street with all my immediate belongings in two carrier bags, asking the big question, what next? So I put a rucksack on my back and walked 615 kilometers over 35 days across northern Spain on the famous pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela, looking for the question, what next? And it was the most life-transforming, amazing thing that's ever happened to me. And here I am now at university back in the UK as a first year undergraduate reading theology, and I couldn't be happier. It has completely changed and transformed my life. A lot of people ask me about what's happened to me and about my journey thus far and why I'm here at university. So I thought I'd start recording it and maybe turning it into a little podcast to talk about my experiences and what I'm learning here at university and how it's changed my fixed mindset for the better, I might add. And so by way of introduction, I want to read a little piece that I wrote, which is more of a reflection. Now, reflecting as you study is very, very important especially when you're honest with yourself and you write everything down about how you feel before you start, when you start, right the way through, and at the very end you'll see a great transformation in your thinking and in your personality and in your outlook on life. It is game-changing. I can testify to that. And a lot of people were asking me about my journey. What is this 60-year-old bloke doing at university? Why am I here? Well, it wasn't some dilettante obsession, as some might say, reading the humanities. And it didn't really come out of the pandemic, maybe thinking about something to do to fill my time or something out of interest. No, life happened to me. My universe was turned upside down. And so I grabbed my universe and I turned it upside down again. And I just went out and walked the thing off and processed it. Every step was a prayer. And I walked and walked and walked and walked for miles and miles in utter solitude, in the middle of nowhere, a complete fish out of water, in a country I'd never visited, terrain I'd never experienced before and it brought me here. Life is remarkable. I've got no plan, no real reason why I'm doing this. All I know is I'm just getting started. By way of introduction and to kick things off I wanted to read a little something that I wrote on the value of academic study and what it means to me. I've got so much to talk about over the forthcoming podcasts of all the things that I've learned and picked up, all the philosophies that I've learned, the great philosophers, things that I never even knew about for the past 40 odd years of my adult life. And I find a mind blowing. I've always stepped out into this world with a sense of awe and wonder. And now to read of ancient philosophers who had spoken and articulated things in the same way is a wonderful experience. And so as an introduction to what will hopefully end up being a podcast series, I want to read this little piece to you just by way of gathering my thoughts together at this stage and as an introduction to what will hopefully come later on. Now, I'm here at university. I've got myself a little part-time job at a beautiful cathedral, which is absolutely wonderful place to be to help me pay through my studies. I don't have very much in life. I live in a very small student accommodation, but in many, many ways, I haven't been so happy for a long time. And this is an interesting road I'm walking down. And as you can hear, I'm just in my room. You can hear my laptop whirring in the background. You might hear the odd car go past or some children playing in the street. It doesn't matter right now. I've got myself a nice microphone and a laptop to record this on. Maybe if it takes off, I can find better premises in which to record it from an audio production point of view. But it is what it is. 
and here I am in my room, thinking out loud, but now I just want to read this piece. The value of academic study and what it means to me. I would define academic study as the opportunity to be granted access to the sum of human creative endeavour in all disciplines, down through the ages, unto the ancient days. I never fully understood the gravity of this proposition as a teenager, but in one piece of work I did experience something that singer-songwriter Van Morrison would call a sense of wonder from his amazing 1985 album. My mother gave me a book that would come to lift my fiery vision bright, as Van the Man so beautifully sang in the same song. The book was entitled The Rubiat of Omar Khayyam. It was within this book of poetic vision that I discovered what it was like to meet one's soul in somebody else's work. This sense of wonder aroused an emotion akin to a warmth, a completeness that I couldn't quite articulate, and brought a feeling that I could only compare to returning home after a long, long journey. It was like finding yourself after a long absence. It was like discovering a secret treasure. It was like reaching a place you knew you always belonged. And it engendered a joy similar to that found in the material world, let's say, in a beautiful sunset or the sound of a song thrush at the turn of evenfall. Decades later, and after a life of similar discoveries in various pieces of art form, I now am learning that this inarticulate speech of the heart as Van Morrison also sang in a later album, is a state of transcendence, where human ego boundaries fall away and the soul is lifted in a momentary escape from the coarseness of worldly life. In her book, The Case for God, religious author Karen Armstrong describes activities in music or dance as ones which bring indescribable joy. But it is a satisfaction that goes deeper than merely feeling good. It is what the Greeks call ecstasis, a stepping outside of the norm. And in a lecture hosted by the Cambridge Centre for the Study of Platonism and Ralston College, philosopher Roger Scruton described this ecstasis in the following way. He said that a good writer would describe something in such a way that the thing described has the soul of the reader within it. In music, literature and art, seemingly inert objects communicate something to you. And it is like seeing or meeting yourself momentarily in that thing, be it a sentence in a poem or a phrase of music. You move from a mere sensory understanding to a vision contained within that communicates something to you. You discover a part of yourself, your soul, within that thing as a transcendent communion. This manifests itself physiologically as happiness in my experience. And so I therefore conclude that studying is a worthwhile road to travel for one's own well-being. It is like a pilgrimage, and I can certainly testify to the transformative effect pilgrimage has on a person. As I mentioned earlier, following a major upheaval in life, it was the Camino to Santiago de Compostela that eventually delivered me to Christchurch University, and so the transformation of mind, character and soul continues. There is no question in my mind that learning is positively transformative, in the same way that, say, travel is. You venture out into unfamiliar territories, but this time it's territories of ideas, and you delight in discovering the joy of a new world to inhabit, as Patrick Curry wrote in the book Reimagining the Academy. You are shaken out of your comfort zone by ideas that are bound to transform and defy stagnation. The transformative learning theory, largely credited to American sociologist Jack Merizov, focuses on the potential for change in people's mindsets, 
or the assumptions, beliefs and expectations which form their frame of reference in the world. The transformative learning process begins with an activity that removes a person from their comfort zone in a way that is disorienting to their fixed mindset. This causes the subject to re-evaluate their frame of reference through reflection, enabling positive change. In practice, it transcends theory and has as profound effect as a butterfly emerging from a chrysalis. Carol Dweck, professor of psychology at Stanford University, researched concepts of mindset and discovered how disruptive educational activities develop growth in neuron activity and therefore change in the brain, similar to the exercising of a muscle. Testing different cohorts of students, she found that when they stepped out of their comfort zones to do hard things and they stuck with them, the neurons in their brains could form new, stronger connections. Now, I can testify to this. Stepping out of your comfort zone and going into strange territories, disorientating environments will change you as a person. And the same thing can be applied to studying. Now I'll offer a quick brief example of how learning at university altered a fixed mindset that I have. I gave a presentation on how sacred art changed in the period of modernism. I researched this really extensively and I loved the process as my ignorance was vastly illuminated. Admitting to a fixed mindset with a prejudice against modern art, I forced myself to leave my ego at the door and remain open to everything. And now, as a result, I am more enlightened and I'm happy to recognise various styles of art all around me, which I would have previously dismissed. On a wider arc, I also believe that at my age, I confess that I've become set in certain ways and carry baggage in the form of prejudices, as described by my automatic dismissal of modern art. And I'll also be prepared to admit that my ego has been shaped by life experiences and a neural loop in my brain has been formed to protect that ego. I can testify now that the experience of study at university is rewiring my neural network in a major way. And as a result, my ego is diminishing whilst my humility in realizing how little I know is increasing. Now I have learned studying world religions that ridding of the ego is the way to enlightenment and the process of non-attachment can only lead to happiness. I therefore reason again that the loss of human ego provides another deeper example of how studying can lead to happiness. In the preface to his book Faith Seeking, Dennis Turner's explanation of the yearning, that nostalgia of meeting oneself as described by Roger Scruton, the longing, the eros, as the place where we finally feel we belong, captures perfectly the experience I had all those years ago reading Omar Khayyam. As Gregory of Nyssa said, to put off the veil from your eyes and see the unspeakable beauty of wisdom. And this induces a burning desire that draws you further to that which is beautiful. Turner described the idea that this eros or yearning could be one drawn to the beauty of the wisdom or the knowledge of God. And this has been a game changer in theological reflection for me. For most of my life, I have felt like Jude Forley in Hardy's great novel, having impossible aspirations of becoming a scholar. And I remember feeling quite honoured at receiving my offer from Christchurch. I'm a different person from the one who stood anxiously at the gate on my first day, but I truly appreciate the change. OK, that was a little piece of writing I did that hopefully will describe where I am at the moment and the process of change that I've gone through and how exciting I feel the whole thing is and how I'm just getting started and I've got so much more to do and I'm going to achieve this degree. And I, who knows, 
I've got no plans. I don't know where this will take me. I might carry on studying or I might go back out into the world and do something crazy. Who knows? This is a remarkable age at 60. So many things have changed. Let's say the chance for a long career has gone, but the chance to do amazing things of profound value to life and to those around you is still very, very much available. Anyway, I hope some of the reflections in this podcast today and maybe some reflections in future podcasts may strike a note with you if you are thinking of maybe going back to school and studying again in your 60s or starting something new that people might tell you is a crazy idea. Maybe you have been through an experience similar to mine, a life change, an upheaval, a real catastrophe in life. And if you have had a major upheaval in life, just know that you are not alone. There are many of us who have been on the same journey where everything just collapses around you. But it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of life. Yes, you can afford yourself a little, maybe feeling sorry for yourself, asking why me, going down the pub and maybe having a few too many beers. But that is not the road to go down ultimately. Transformation is possible. You can change and turn your life completely around and don't feel like you're in your 60s, so it's the end of the road. It certainly isn't. There's so much more to do. So much more you can achieve and so much more you can experience. That will change your life. Keep away from social media. All you see out there are false images of people's amazing lives. It's not true. If you're going through a tough time at the moment, there are many out there who are going through similar experiences. Believe you me, everyone has a story. If you take the time to sit and listen and peel back the layer of the onion, you will find that there is pain and there is suffering and tragedy and catastrophe in most people's lives. But there can also be joy, profound happiness, discovery of a new self and a virtuous and noble path forward into the rest of your life. Always remember, God sends you into a storm to test your wings and see how high you can fly. So please do get in touch if you've liked anything in this podcast. Reach out to me if you're going through a similar experience. This is a new age for us 60-year-olds. A new time, a new beginning. It's a fascinating time to be alive. So let me know your story. You never know, I might read some out in some future podcasts or even reach out to you and maybe we can have a chat online and record it in order to help others who are going through similar experiences and to keep motivating and inspiring those around us. Okay, until next time, I'm the 60-year-old student and I'm just getting started. (laughs) 